is SLAS Technology Podcast. I'm David Pector. It's our pleasure to have Dr. Elodie Solier here to join us to talk about her work in the area of diagnostic microfluidics. Elodie is co-founder, chief scientific officer, and vice president for research and development for Vortex Biosciences, heading the scientific initiatives for the commercialization of the ZTX-1 liquid biopsy system. She received a physics engineering degree from Grenoble Institute of Technology and a PhD in physics for life science from CEA-LETI Minitech at Grenoble, France. Her PhD was followed by postdoctoral research in the bioengineering department at UCLA with Professor Dino DiCarlo. The VTX automates the isolation of circulating tumor cells directly from cancer patient blood samples. And I want to mention, because this is an LAS forum, that Dr. Solier also was the winner of this year's SLAS Innovation Award for the development of the VTX-1. Welcome to SLAS Technology Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for this invitation. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you. So just to start, people look online, put your name in and put in Vortex or SLAS. They'll see different videos and different articles. So there's a lot of interesting things out there. But if you just for the purposes here, if you can just give us an overview of the technology. Sure. So first, let me step back a little bit to give a little bit of context. So circulating tumor cells are cancer cells that detach from the primary tumor, enter in the bloodstream, and propagate through the body to create the metastasis of the cancer. And these metastases are really the cause of 90% of the cancer death. So there is a lot of interest for these cancer cells, but the challenge is that they are surrounded by billions of blood cells. So it's really difficult to get them to do analysis and so on. So there have been several technologies developed to do that, uh, to achieve this, this extraction. A lot of them rely on markers expressed by the cancer cells to catch them, but they have, uh, this uh, can have some drawbacks. For example, a lot of these cancer cells don't express these markers, so you would miss some of the cancer cells. Also, the process can be complicated, costly, and you may have also a lot of other cells, which makes the analysis of the cancer cells difficult. So that's why there have been other technologies that look more at the cancer cell size, because they are a little bit larger than the blood cells, like filters, for example. But these approaches have other issues. You also catch a lot of white blood cells as well, and then it's really difficult to elute, to recover these cancer cells to do whatever clinical assays you want to do on these cells. So that's really why we developed Vortex technology, which is using the fact that they are a little bit larger than the blood cells, but also they have different deformities. So it's basically like a filter technology, but without all these filters that could get clogged over time. So okay. it has several advantages. First, we have really high recovery and very low contamination with all the uh, blood cells. The flow, the fluidic is really like, uh, we, so we use inertial microfluidics, we use uh, vortices, so it's really gentle processing, so the cells remain intact, so the user can do multiple downstream phase. It's really simple, so purely microfluidic, so there is no chemistry involved, for example, so it leads to uh, like low cost, high reproducibility, so it's stable free. We don't use any, as I said, chemistry, any markers, so we have a broad range of cancer cells. 
So as it's inertial microfluidics, the flow rate is really high. So we can really process a broad range of blood volumes. So again, which gives us access to many CTCs. And so, and most of all, the cells are uh, collected in suspension because it's like continuous microfluidics. So they are collected in suspension in different containers. So the users have flexibility to do different downstream stay on the cells they can collect. So it's really an example of technology that emphasizes the advantages of uh, microfluidic for diagnostic assay. You know, it's interesting. So this was one of the things that struck me was, so the largest of all the cells in that blood sample, the very largest ones are the cancer cells. That's right. There's no other sloughed off cells that are in there. Is that right? That was surprising to me. It's a very good question. Circulating tumor cells are indeed larger than the blood cells in circulation. But however, there is some new research, some new studies that have identified also other larger atypical cells, which seem to increase in number when a patient has cancer. For example, there are large endothelial cells or cancer-associated microphages, like cells that are named camel. And these cells and other large atypical cells would be also potentially captured by the VTX1 as well and could provide prognostic or diagnostic information as they only seem to arise when a patient has cancer. But it's still really early research in this area, and scientists are still currently studying these cells to better understand both their biology and their clinical potential. I see. Yeah. So this is fascinating stuff. But, you know, what I was thinking about also to kind of move over to the application side was, so there aren't that many routine cancer screening tests, not that I know of, but came to mind is routine, is a pap smear, and for men, a PSA. And is this the kind of thing that you would imagine? Or is it more, maybe that's far off in the distance, that really you're thinking in terms of as part of managing someone who's already been diagnosed with a tumor? So, indeed, now, most of the time, the cancer is understood or analyzed or diagnosed with a specific imaging technique at the beginning, and then the clinician right, would right. Uh, take a piece of the tumor, either the primary tumor or the metastasis, and they would do like a cytology exam or genomic analysis of this piece of tissue. The issue with this type of approach, I mean, it's working well for now, but the issues are multiple. First of all, you only have a piece of the tumor, and most of the time the tumor is heterogeneous. So by just taking a piece of this tumor, you miss this heterogeneity of the cancer, and you may miss specific mutations that are present in the cancer. I see, I see. Kind of okay. localized biopsy. Okay. The other issue is that for some of the cancer, Sometimes the tumor is not accessible. So, for example, it can be in the brain or somewhere in the lung where you cannot just access it. So, and in this case, you can just not do a conventional biopsy. Also, sometimes you have removed the primary tumor with surgery, and so there is no available piece of tumor for monitoring of the cancer because the cancer is changing over time. So, and also, obviously, a, a biopsy is very invasive, right? So ultimately, right. there are multiple reasons, if possible, to go for a liquid biopsy, like a blood mm -hmm. test you could do over time. 
So that would help, first of all, at the beginning of the cancer to detect earlier, better, easier, cheaper way than what we do now, so really for the diagnosis. For the monitoring, so then you could monitor the cancer status over time for the patient. So over time, I mean over the course of the therapy to see how the patient responds to the therapy. And also afterwards, with a liquid biopsy, you could also detect the relapse of the cancer much earlier than just waiting for the tumor to come back and be detected with a CT scan, for example. So really, there are a lot of advantages for liquid biopsies compared to tissue biopsies. And so now, because I'm at a point where I'm familiar with the idea of having a PSA test, so that's considered problematic because then the biopsy can be non-conclusive. So it seems like that's an opportunity if it could kind of go right to the point is that something that you're looking at? Because I think I did see in your documents that there was a use for prostate cancer, but perhaps not on a prospective basis. Sure. I mean, there are multiple applications for liquid biopsies. So we used uh, our technology for prostate cancer patients. We started with metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer patients because we have to start with examples with patients where we know there is cancer. But ultimately, right, right. we really want to push the clinical use of these earlier and over time, but all this work, all these clinical efforts need time and clinical assays in place and clinical validation with FDA and so on. So that's where we want to go. That's the path, but that will need time. So, Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Well, there's this line that Vortex, well, Vortex was founded five years ago, correct? But now it's an overnight success many years in the making. So somewhere in that long process, you realized that miniature vortices were of more than just academic interest. So can you tell us about the transition from being a researcher, perhaps with this idea of commercializing the technology, to now CSO and you know rolling out this new piece of equipment as a startup? Tell us about that. I think people are interested because that's how a lot of people would like to do the same thing, and they want to understand, you know, kind of the experience. So I would say it's really by a coincidence. (laughs) Um, So so first of all, I've always been very interested by this use of new technologies, innovative technologies to solve uh, medical problems. And most of all, uh, the cancer problem, because like many other families, my family is has had a lot of cancer cases. So I was really eager personally to really apply innovative technology to help in the cancer. And I know better, I mean, I know as well as older persons, the need for better diagnostic of the cancer, the need for better monitoring over time of the cancer. So that was really my personal drive to that. And my background is more on academic research. So that's why I mean, I did a PhD and a postdoctoral project with Dino Di Carlo at UCLA. But so I got really lucky in the sense that back in 2012, I was part of this great team at UCLA with Dino. There was a really a strong interest to push products to the market. We had this really robust, reliable technology that was isolating species from blood samples. But it was really manual at the time, so really like a manual prototype system. 
and we wanted to push that to the market. So that's why we started this company with Professor Dino Di Carlo. And but what I really learned along the process, I would say, is that, and what I didn't expect at the beginning, is the fact that it takes a lot of time, to really like a lot of time and a lot of work to really transfer from this research nice cool platform to something that is really reliable and robust product. So that takes time, expertise, and also a lot of support. So like support from the like a good engineering team, support from the clinicians also to get sample over time. So really that's what I learned, like moving from something manual in the research settings to a robust system automated and that you can use in the clinic or in the research labs. So I got really lucky in that. So that's why I always say it's a mix of passion and also opportunities to meet the good people at the right time and also to have a strong technology at the beginning that answers a clinical need. So besides being very busy, what do you see in the next few years at Vortex? What do you think things are going to be like? Our team, we have robust, reliable products, the VTX1 for research use only. But ultimately, what we really want is this technology to be useful for the patients. So we want to push the use of this instrument to the clinical market. We want to improve the diagnosis of the cancer, the monitoring, and hopefully the treatment of the cancer patients. So that's really our wish. And to do that, we need to really invest in two specific areas. So we are working on demonstrating the clinical utility of the CTCs we collect with our instrument, now with our current instrument. So, for example, we have a clinical study ongoing where we look at EGFR mutations in non-small cell lung cancer patients with UCLA. So where we look at both the CTC DNA and the circulating tumor DNA in the plasma from the same tube of blood. So that's one study. Another study we're working on also with UCLA is to look at the pdl one expression on CTCs as a potential biomarker for immunotherapy response, also for lung cancer. We are also working with clinicians and industrial partners to look at RNA expression on the CTCs or fish assays with CTCs. Again, always with this ultimate goal to push the use of the CTCs in the clinic and have an impact on the cancer patient life. So that's one aspect. And for that, we always look for new partnerships. And the second aspect is that we are also working on the next improvements that we can bring to the current technology. So this is more on the engineering side, I would say. So we're trying to add more functions. For example, we are working on the capability to count the CTCs into the system as they are flowing through the, our microfluidic chip because the counting of the CTCs is a potential indicator of prognosis of the cancer and the spread mm -hmm. of the cancer. So being able to do that automatically in the instrument is also a very interesting field to push for the clinical application. So that's really the two key things we are working on for Vortex future. Wow. Sounds like you'll be busy. So that sounds great. Well, it's been our pleasure to have Dr. Elodie Solier join us on SLAS Technology Podcast. I'm David Pector. Thank you.